Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and welcome to another episode of Purpose Kingdom. I am your host, Arthenius Colby, with One Touch Transformation, and you are listening to episode number 1,978, and we are just so excited about another evening and another opportunity to pour into someone's life to encourage, to motivate, and uplift so that we can all become better people. And just want to welcome you again. And just so excited about, you know, just being alive, excited about another day. We give all praises to God because he did not have to do it, but I am so grateful that he did. Just grateful for another day, just for everything that he continues to do in our life. So, again, my name is Arthenius Colvin, and I am with One Touch Transformation, which is my nonprofit organization, a.k.a. my baby, a.k.a. my ministry, which God has allowed me to carry out for the past. 10 years, and so our mission is to educate the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors. So, yes, you heard that correctly. We are really spreading awareness on sexual abuse, one of those taboo topics, those things that people don't like to talk about, the things that people like to sweep under the rug, especially within our community, um, in our churches, and in our families, but we cannot do that because it's too prevalent and it's been going on for years. And not just here in our time, but it even goes back into those into the word. You know, you can read about different stories that happen. So this is nothing new that has just started. You know, it has been going on. And so God allowed me to start this organization 10 years ago. And I, you know, made a vow that I would not be silent, that I will tell my story every chance that I get Um, wherever God allows me to do it, because he allowed me to survive childhood sexual abuse and and has allowed me to talk about it and share my story and share how God has, you know, freed me from my past, because there are so many people who are still hurting, so many people who are hiding behind the pain of their past, because, you know, it's, it's really a lot to deal with. And if you've never dealt with it before, if you don't know anyone who has dealt with it before, then you probably will not understand, you know, how far and how deep it really goes. But thanks be unto God who does give us the victory, victory over every situation, over every circumstance, over our past. And, you know, he, he allows us to have the strength so that we can overcome. And I can say tonight that I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. He's allowed me to overcome my past. He's allowed me to experience, you know, true freedom. And my desire is to see others who have gone through the same experiences to to experience true freedom and not just have to be told, just get over it, because there is not. There's no just getting over it, of course. And, And that's something that you should never tell a victim or a survivor, because, you know, this is a terrible and traumatic experience that has occurred in our lives, and it's not something that you just get over. It's something that we we have to face, but having God on our side and having his strength allows us to face it, and I mean really take it head on to face it and be able to confront our past because guess what? The enemy doesn't want us to confront our past. The enemy wants us to stay just in bondage 
and not to be free, but God said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And in order to live a life of abundance and in order to live a life of true freedom, then it's going to take confronting that past, but you will not be alone because we have God on our side. And not only do we just have God, because I know sometimes it sounds all cliche, like, hey, as long as you got God, you got everything that you need. I get that. But not only do we have God, but God will send the right people your way. And there are resources that are available because I get it. The church may not be the first stop (laughs) and pastors and ministers may not be the first people that you talk to because I understand that some of them are not qualified and not even just qualified. They may not know how to direct you or know where to direct you to, but that's why there are resources in place. There are local rape crisis centers that will help you overcome and and point you in the right direction. And if that means going to therapy, if that means having um, counseling sessions, hey, I am all for it. I am all for it. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of therapy and a little bit of of Jesus or a whole lot of Jesus and a little bit of therapy. (laughs) It, it, It helped me. So I can talk about it. I'm not afraid to say that I've gone to therapy. I'm not afraid to say it. And I am a believer. I am a Christian. I love God. So I, I've, I've had Jesus on my side, and I've also had my therapist. And so I am one who do not mind talking about Christians going to therapy. There are Christian therapists, Christian counselors. And so I, I'm, like I said, I desire, my desire is to see others experience freedom, to walk in their true calling, to walk in the true freedom, because life is too short. Life is too short, and I don't want to, you know, have to live in your past or don't want you to have to live in your past for the rest of your life, freedom on the other side. And let me tell you, once you make that decision to heal, you make the decision to want to be free, make the decision to confront your past, and like I said, when you have the, the strength of God, and you're getting the help that you need, it is possible. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. There is nothing that he cannot do. The same way that we quote the scriptures, you know, for our healing when it comes to diseases, when it comes to physical illness, the same way we quote those scriptures, like, with his stripes I am healed, that covers everything. Anything that has that tries to break you, whether spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically, it covers everything. With his stripes, we are healed. We are delivered. Everything that you've gone through, every experience that was meant to break you, everything that was meant to harm you, everything that, guess what? God can turn it around and use it for your good. Remember, all things work together for the good of them that love him and who are called according to his his purpose. And if you believe that and and you really believe it and, and live by it, then you can experience true freedom. I am a witness, and let me tell you, I am just truly, truly grateful for what God has done for me, for what he's done in my life. And like I said, I will tell the story because I know it all belongs to, the, to him, the glory, it belongs to him. It's, it's not about me. My story is not about me. And it's all about God getting the glory and for someone else to hear and to understand and know what God is capable of doing. And we know that he's all powerful, he's all sovereign, and he can do anything. So we cannot limit him to just, you know, certain obstacles and certain 
circumstances. But no, he is a limitless God. I don't care what it is. I don't care how horrible it may seem, how detrimental it may have been to our life, how traumatic it may have been. Guess what? Our God is still powerful. He is still in control. And I'm here to encourage all of you and let you know, like, whatever you have been through, whatever you're going through, even right now, even if you're experiencing some hard times or dealing with the pain of your past, I'm here to let you know, like, on the other side, there is true freedom. And like I said, I can talk about it because God has done it for me. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that once he frees you that everything is perfect because it's not. I mean, we do not live in a perfect world. We do not have a perfect life. So, of course, there are still going to be moments when the enemy tries to come in your mind and let you, you know, make you feel like God didn't deliver you or like God is is not capable of, of healing your mind and your thoughts. So we got to continue to, you know, make uh, a purposeful decision or be intentional, I should say, be intentional about your thoughts and where you allow your mind to go. And so if we know that the enemy is out there, then we've got to keep our mind on God. And you're like, how do I keep my God, my mind on God 24-7? I mean, of course we know that we literally can't do that. But if we intentionally keep our mind on Christ and knowing who he is and what he's capable of doing, he'll give us the peace that we need. Because Scripture says he that keeps his mind on him will keep us in perfect peace. And so that's what we have to do. So uh, I don't want to keep talking because I can go all night about who God is in my life and what he has done. Because like I said, he's done so many great things for me. And so, again, welcome to another episode of Purpose Kingdom. And tonight we're going to talk about sexual assault in the black community. You know, they set this, this month aside for Black History Month, but, you know, black history is American history, right? And really, you can probably go as far as say world history, but but yes, Black History Month. Like I said, Black history is American history. We are a part of the United States as far as how this country was built, how it came about, how it operates even today. But we do want to focus on you know sexual assault in the Black community. Even though the the topic is already taboo, it's even more taboo in the Black community. And you know, I can talk about it because yes, I am a Black woman. And I am a black woman who is a survivor of sexual abuse well, and childhood sexual abuse. So I know that it is a topic that is not even touched, not even talked about. Not I mean, it's just one of those things like, hey, you hear about it whenever you hear about it. No one really makes an effort to really talk about the subject or speak on it. And so before I even, you know, dive into it. Just want to throw a resource out there just in case any of our listeners, um, because I, I want to put, um, if at any time you feel triggered or you just need to hang up or if you need to talk to someone, please do so because I care about you, your mental health and your emotional health. And so if at any time you feel like you need to hang up, log off, and call someone, there is a number for the sexual assault hotline, and that number is one 800 656 Seven three. Again, that number is one eight hundred six five six four six seven 
three. And even if you don't want to talk on the phone, if you Google the sexual assault hotline, you'll be able to chat with someone. So, again, take care of yourself, you know, both mentally and emotionally. So if at any time anything that is said, if it causes a triggering moment, then I want you to, you know, feel free to hang up or log off because, like I said, I care about you mentally and emotionally, and I, I want you to get the help that you need. Like I said, there is nothing wrong with seeking help. It does not mean that you're weak. You recognize that you need help, and that is okay. And while I'm there, I mean, that's part of the reason why a lot of black men and women do not share this story because of the stigma that comes with it. Because we feel like something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me because I'm, I admitted or accepted the fact that I was touched when I was a child. Someone touched me inappropriately or even I was molested or I was raped. Because it's one of those things that is really hard to really accept. But, again, if at any time, please log off or hang up. All right. So let's get started. So we're talking about. Uh, sexual assault and the black community. So a lot of times when if you have ever been to an event that does focus on the awareness of sexual assault, sometimes it may appear that they're only appeasing to women, which is, you know, expected and kind of normal because you're going to have more women who are going to come forward with their story versus men. And so um, I will start with talking with the, about the black women and sexual assault. So, men, please don't get offended. I'm, I'm, I promise you I'm going to get to you as well. But we're going to start with the, the black women and sexual assault. And I want everyone to know, like, look, all of this is not my word, so I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. So I'm going to be pulling my resources from rain.org, which is R-A-I-N-N.org, which is one of the largest nonprofit organizations that helps out with victims and survivors. I mean, RAIN is awesome. I am actually a part of the RAIN Speakers Bureau, and I'm telling you, ever since I've joined and have, they've been great. You can find all the information that you need up there as far as statistics. You can find out where to or how to contact or find your local rape crisis center. You can find different information in regards to what to say to victims, how to help them, and how to be a support system. So RAIN.org, which stands for Rape Abuse Incest National Network, is a great resource. So some of the things that I'll be talking about will come from that website. Also, um, my resource is ujimacommunity.com. So it's a national center on violence against women in the black community, which has been a great resource as well. I've been looking at the page ever since February has come in, just, you know, and posting different stats on the One Touch Transformation page as far as um, black women and sexual assault. So that's where some of my resources are coming from. Um, also, I have medium.com. And so each time that I've talk about the different resources or the different articles that I'll be reading. I'll let you know where it's coming from. And I'll also post it on the One Touch Transformation page if you would like to go back and, and read it for yourself. Because like I said, all of this is just helpful information and very informative because, like I said, the black community, the black families, they tend to not talk about sexual abuse and the rape and molestations. And it's, it's crazy because because even saying the word rape, molestation, 
sexual abuse, sexual assault, you know, it has a negative connotation as it should. And it's one of those things, we don't want those words to come out of our mouth, but how else are we supposed to raise awareness? How else are we supposed to protect our children and look out for one another if we don't talk about it? And it starts just as simple as having a conversation. But we're too afraid to even have the conversation, and I do not understand what is so hard about talking about it. I don't understand what's so difficult even having a conversation with your own child when it comes to good touching, bad touching, the boundaries, who to trust and who who not to trust. A long time ago, a long time ago, we talked about stranger danger. Stay away from strangers. Don't accept candy from strangers. But let me tell you, it's not strangers that are molesting the kids. They're not strangers who are touching the kids inappropriately. These are adults who children are familiar with, family members, friends of the family, people at church, people in the community. And it makes it easy for the child to trust them because they know them. And so while these adults and these people are grooming the children, all they're doing is gaining more and more trust from that child, which allows them to touch that child inappropriately or even rape them. And so this is why it is so important to have the conversation and have the conversation early. Like, don't beat around the bush. Don't be afraid. Don't be all weird and awkward when you're talking to your child. Like, there's nothing weird and awkward about it. Because what you don't want to end up doing is having the conversation after the fact, after it's happened. Because then they're going to close up, shut down, and not want to talk. So it's best to go ahead and start having these conversations now. So I am admonishing, especially our black families, talk about it. Because we've got to look out for one another. We've got to protect each other. And so it all comes from just having a simple conversation. Okay, so let's start with, like I said, black women and sexual assault. And this is coming from ujimacommunity.org and um, the National Center on Violence Against Women and the Black Community. So I just want to talk about a few things that they have on their page. And so one of the the, um, stats that I find very interesting, and it makes sense, is for every black woman who reports rape, at least 15 black women do not report. So for every one black woman, for every, you know, person who is of color, For every black woman, just one woman, who reports rape, at least 15 black women do not. So think about how many have not been reported. And and I don't know the stats, you know, even for the past past year because we're in a new year, but I would certainly be interested in finding out, you know, what that number is. But that is really something to think about. For every black woman who reports rape, at least 15 black women do not report white reports. And there is a reason why. I mean, there are several reasons. And sometimes we see it right on social media. When a woman comes forward and shares that she's been abused, sometimes it's ignored. Sometimes she's blamed. Sometimes she's asked, like, what were you wearing? Or why did you have that on? Why were you there? Why were you drinking? It's like so many fingers pointing back at the victim. And so when others see that, 
sin, it's like, oh, well, I'm not saying anything because the same way they crucified her for being a victim, they might do the same thing for me. And so that's why those other 15 or at least 15 black women, they're not saying anything because we see what y'all did to her when she came forward and told what happened to her. So if y'all crucified her and if y'all victim blamed her, then I'm not going to say anything. Remains relevant today. Given the impact of historical trauma, racism, and oppression, often black women will tell no one about the abuse. They won't tell anyone. Because of the historical trauma, when we think about our history, the oppression that happened, I mean, that alone is trauma. And so you're talking about adding abuse on it, sexual abuse on it, trauma on top of trauma. Black women are not going to tell anyone about the abuse. There have been times when I went and shared my story in different places, and there would be like 60-year-old women or 60-plus-year-old women who would come up to me and say, you know what, I've never told anyone my story, but it happened to me. So I believe this. There are women today who have not shared their story, who's been too afraid, who's been ashamed, or like I said, just from historical trauma, just like in our DNA, you know, just our history alone, the oppression, it silences us. Our history sometimes silences us. And so whenever you're talking about trauma on top of trauma, no one wants to talk about it. And so that's why you have women who become older and still never share their story. They've never told anyone. And they remain, you know, some of them remain in a state of bitterness because they've been holding on to this trauma for years, have never gotten to the place where they can just share their story sexually abused before the age of 18. That's a lot. One in four black girls. One in four black girls. And you know, the the main statistic, and not even just talking about race, is already one in four black girls. Well, not in four black girls, I'm sorry. One in four girls will be sexually abused before the age of 18. That's the normal statistic for all females in general, but we're talking about black girls, one in black, one in four black girls. So if we're really thinking about it, we already, as a female, as a black female, you're already falling into the statistic of, you know, one in four girls, but then you got to worry about one in four black girls. So again, there are so many girls who are now women, who have been sexually abused, who have not had a chance or been too afraid or too ashamed to share their story. And just think about it. If we would have had the conversation early, if we would have talked about it as a family, talked about it as a community, talked about it as a church, how many people could have been free by now? I mean, it, it all connects. It all connects. And, and, and we still, you know, it's not too late. 
it is not too late because we can start even now. You can start even now. According to the U.S. Department of Justice, one in five black women are survivors of rape. And I, as I'm looking at these stats, I'm just really, you know, I'm looking at myself and looking at my life, how I've, you know, the, the three that I've read, I've fallen into two of them. And just think about your family members, your cousins, your friends, like how many of them fall into this category, but you don't know because we've never talked about it. They've never talked about it. They don't feel comfortable enough to talk about it or to share. Too ashamed, embarrassed. They may have experienced someone sharing this story or, you know, saying that it happened to them. And when they saw what happened and heard what happened, it's like, no, no, I'm not sharing. African-American girls and women 12 years and older experience higher rates of rape and sexual assault than white, Asian, and Latina girls and women from 2005 to 2010. So, again, <laughs> there are so many who have experienced, but, hey, how will we ever know if we never talk about it? And the last one I want to read is 40% of confirmed sex trafficking survivors in the U.S. are black. 40%. Now, this was in 2011. Don't know what the update is, but we're at 40%, almost half. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. There's a quote they have up here. It says, many cultural considerations can hinder healing for black women survivors. The burdensome expectation of strong black womanhood, the power of the black church, the desire to shield black men, and the lack of self-care examples are all real dynamics black women survivors endure. Mm. Cannot heal properly. That's what it's saying, in other words. You can't heal properly because black women are expected to be strong, have a strong womanhood. There's a power of the church. You mean, take a look, take a look around. We have more women in the churches than men. There's the power of the black church. The desire to shield black men, we protect our men. And the lack of self-care examples, we don't have to do a lot of self-care. We've got to take care of ourselves. Women got to take care of themselves. Black women got to take care of yourself. But those are the real dynamics that black women survivors endure. So it's, it's hard for them to really, because there's so much riding. There's so much that they're doing. Mm. And because of African-Americans' unique history of racist and sexist victimization, the black community has an even harder time than others dealing with rape. This prevents survivors from getting help and our community from addressing the issue effectively. But that does not mean we cannot. It does not mean we can't it does not mean we can heal. It does not mean that, that we cannot heal. And it does not mean that we can address it and address it effectively. It starts with all of us. We have to start addressing the issue. We have to start talking about it so that we can heal. 
So there's no excuse, none. There's no reason why we shouldn't be addressing it. There's no reason why we shouldn't be talking about it. I mean, there's so much that can be done, and it starts from a simple conversation. That's it, a simple conversation in the home, in the community, in the church, in different organizations, because there are a lot of people hurting. A lot of our friends, a lot of our family members who have not talked about it, who have not shared it. Because like I said, there are several reasons why people don't speak up. Embarrassment, shame, feel like they're going to be victim blamed. So we've got to talk about it. Um, Let's move on to um, from medium.com. This is another article, medium.com, written by Quintessa L. Williams. This was entitled Breaking the Silence, Black Men and Sexual Victimization in America. Of course, there is a stigma when it comes to black men sharing their story of sexual assault. She starts it off by saying the widespread fear of facing sexual violation is often silent. But for black men specifically, the silence is loud. That lets us know that black men mm-mm, going to avoid it at all costs to say anything about it. Uh, she says in America, <laughs> black men are the most at risk of being accused or convicted of any crime. The all too often idea that asserts black men and boys as sexually or criminally hyper aggressive can easily displace them from being seen as victims at any rate. We're talking about here in America when black men are going to be the first ones pointed at for committing a crime. It 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 jays it jays society is like, uh, how can they be a victim when they're usually the perpetrator? You know, that's that's how it is in America. But no, no, we have black men who have also been victims and survivors of rape, sexual assault. According to the CDC, nearly one in four men, says about 31 million, and the United States has experienced some form of sexual abuse in their lifetime. But this does not account for unreported cases, cases that are outside the U.S., and nor does it address the, the statistics unique to black men. Moreover, when it comes to sexual violence, black men are victimized by men and women. A black man or male in general, can be assaulted by a woman. So that lets us know that black men are victimized by men and women. An estimated 80% of male victims of rape reported that another male was the perpetrator against 79% of female perpetrators. So, yes, females are perpetrators when it comes to our male victims. I know. Surprise, right? But you shouldn't be. (laughs) Just like we have male perpetrators who are, you know, sick, have diseases, whatever going on, whatever caused them to do it, females do it as well. We've got women who are sick, not, not sure what's going on in their head, what happened to them that caused them to act on or prey on male victims. 
Because sexual violence is a prevalent and rampant issue plaguing the black community. Although significant strides have been made in addressing these concerns, the underreporting of sexual violence in the black male community remains routine, historically denied aspect, and unapproachable area of examination. There's a stigma to it. Like, no one wants to touch it. No one wants to talk about it. I mean, you, we hear of, we hear of, you know, male victims that come forward, mostly, you know, in the celebrity world. You may have some celebrities who have gotten to the point where they can talk about their experiences. But just in general, there aren't many males who are comfortable enough to talk about it because of the stigma that comes along with it. And you're talking about feeling embarrassed and feeling ashamed, especially when their perpetrator was a female. And so I I get it. It, It's tough to talk about. Even as as a woman, it's tough. It's hard. But we're talking about a male? Come on. Being violated by a woman? Because in some cases, there are males who would say, oh, he crazy. He crazy. He fussing about a, a woman assaulting him or touching him inappropriately. But not everyone thinks that way. Not every male wants to be assaulted or touched inappropriately by a woman because you're invading my privacy. You're crossing boundaries. You're crossing the line. I don't care if you are a female. It does not matter. Like, what gives you the right to come into my space or what gives you the right to touch me without my consent? Wrong is wrong. I don't care if you male or female. And so that's why, again, it is so important to even have the conversation when we're talking about male victims. Because like I said, a lot of times when you go to events or whenever you're having these open forums, Everything is pretty much geared toward women or or female victims, but we also have to include our male victims and, you know, and let them know, like, hey, this is not just a female issue, but, no, it happens to males as well. Another organization that's helpful for male survivors and victims um, is oneinsix.org. So, like, the number one, in6.org, and it's actually an organization that is specifically for males. And they, they use the play on word of one in six from the statistics of one in six men have been, you know, sexually assaulted, which is probably and more than likely <laughs> more than that, or the um, number should be less than that, but can only go by what's being reported. And, again, there are so many that go under or unreported and it's underreported. So we really don't have the, you know, the actual or the real number of how many are actually being assaulted. So it, it, this is real. This is real. And I, like I said, I just do not understand why people are afraid to talk about it. If anything, you don't want to talk about it after it's, ha- after it's happened. I mean, would you rather talk about it now to prevent it and to raise awareness or talking about it in somebody's courtroom or talking about when somebody, you know, like now is the time to start having a conversation in the living room, in your home, at family meetings, family gatherings. I mean, I don't care how you do it, but just do it in the churches, in the community. Let's talk about it because, like I said, the last thing we want to be doing is in somebody's courtroom or ready to kill somebody, ready to fight somebody, like, no, talk about it now. 
but again, people tend to sweep it under the rug or it's just too taboo or I, we don't talk about that. No, it, no, we have to. We have to because too many people are hurting. Too many people are, they need healing. They, they need deliverance. They, they want freedom. And so why not? Why not? And even as believers, we can't be afraid to approach these topics. Like, we'll talk about everything else. I mean, everything else. We know the latest gossip that's going on, everything that's going on in the shade room. Yes, I do follow that on, on Instagram. All the tea, and, you know, most of the time and almost all the time, it has nothing to do with us, has nothing to do with our life. But if we were to really hone in on our community, hone on and, uh, you know, our family and really look out for them and protect them, spend less time worrying about what celebrities got going on and what your neighbors got going on, but really hone in on what's going on within your family, within your community, and really start protecting each other. And, hey, we can save a lot of heartache, save a lot of trauma, save a lot of, you know, pain. But we have to do our part. We've got to have this conversation. And what really keeps sticking sticking to me is that whole quote talking about that the black women survivors. And and I'm sorry if if men, if any men that are listening feel like I'm just talking about the women, but in a time and an age where so many you know, black women are, you know, taking over and, you know, really succeeding and excelling in life and have so many businesses and taking these major roles. And, you know, I can't help but think about how many women are trying to be strong and appearing to be strong, like black women appearing to be strong because they feel like we have to because we're dealing with so much on the back end and putting ourselves last, not taking care of ourselves, not worrying about our mental health, how we're feeling emotionally, not being able to process everything. And so we're worrying about surviving each day, surviving, you know, each month and each year, and not even dealing with our past. And so all of that needs to be taken into consideration just within the black community itself. Yes, we all have endured a lot, you know, as a people, our history, our background, everything that has been passed down, everything we're still trying to overcome even today. And then, like I said, trauma on top of trauma, that the expectations that people have for us as black women, the, the power and what we provide, what we bring to the church, how we protect, how we shield our black men, you know, sticking up for them, covering for them, praying for them, making sure that they are protected and make sure that, you know, nothing happens to them. All of this, we're carrying this. You know, husbands being cared for by their, their wives, you know, being protected. Like, I, I and, and don't get me wrong, I know that um, the man is the household, man, he's the head of the household. But when we're talking about the, the time and age that we're living in, we as women, we're protecting our, our husbands, protecting our male children. So we're shielding the black men, but yet we lack self-care. 
And so it, it's even harder for proper healing to take place. Now, I know I've, I've spit out a lot of stats, and as a survivor, before, before I became a survivor, when I started my journey, one of the things that I wanted to research more or look for more is, like, what is on the other side, you know, of healing? Because I learned about the effects based off experience, learned about the long-lasting effects and everything that happens that comes along with being victimized as a child. And trust me, there are several. There's so many things that occur in adulthood, some things I've dealt with and some things I have not. But one of my main goals and one of the things that I really sought after is, like, what does healing look like? How does healing take, you know, being a spiritual person, I didn't want to put all my energy and focus on what happened or how it made me feel, how it made me angry, how it made me bitter, how it made me full of rage and how I was just upset. I did not want to harbor those feelings forever because I, I, I had a relationship with God. So I knew or know who he who he is, or at that point I knew who he was and what he was capable of doing because God had had done some work in my life before, even you know as a child and even going into my adulthood. And so I didn't really want to focus on what happened or how I felt, how it made me feel, or even getting revenge on my perpetrator. Like all that, I did not want all of that to consume my thoughts and consume me and and just change me into this bitter person. So I sought after resources and and sought for books that will talk about the healing part of it. And that's why I like to focus on the healing aspect of things and not just what happened. I understand, yes, we acknowledge that it happened. We acknowledge that trauma took place and that it hurt that it was painful, and that sometimes today it still hurts and it's still painful and it just it fills us with anger and rage. So I acknowledge the emotions because, you know what, I know God placed these emotions inside of me, but what I did not want to happen is allow those emotions, those negative emotions to consume me and overtake my mind and my spirit, the spiritual part of me, because I didn't want to remain in that state. And so that's why I just, I really, really desire for others to seek the same, to seek the same, seek after God and seek after his healing power. You know, like I said, while you're going to therapy, while you're going to your counseling sessions, like seek God and really understand how his power his power is still healing freedom deliverance all of that everything that we've experienced because it can turn you into a bitter person it can turn you into a person full of rage it could turn us into someone who wants vengeance like i had to tell myself and you know recite the scripture where it says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So I, I mean, hey, I had to accept that. I really did. Like, this is not my battle. The only battle that I need to deal with is within me, battling like, okay, I'm not going to become a bitter person. I'm not going to become a person full of rage. This is not going to be my life. Like, I want to live a life of freedom. I want to heal. I want to be delivered because, Life is too short. <laughs> I want to live a life of, of abundance. 
And like I said, you can't live a life of abundance when you're still bound and when you're still full of rage and when you're bitter. And that's not the way God wants us to live. And so I understood that it was going to take the work of God to to experience true freedom. And so I want to encourage anyone who may be listening, who may be dealing with the pain, the pain of their past, or even if you've never experienced what I've been talking about, you may have experienced another type of trauma. So whatever that you're dealing with, whatever pain that you're holding on to, the past that you're holding on to, I want to encourage you to give it to God. You do not have to carry this load. He tells us to cast our care upon him because he cares for us. So I encourage you to cast it, give it over to God. Let it go to him. Release it to him. He will carry it for us. We don't have to fight this battle. There's another scripture that says, stand still and know that he is God. So we don't have to fight this battle because guess what? We can't. We can't do this on our own. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us so that everything, we surrender it all to him, our will, our life, our past, our heartache, our pain, every traumatic experience, we give it over to God. And so when he sent his son Jesus to die for us because of how much he loved us, he gave his only son. And if we believe in him, like really believe in him, believe that who he is, what he can do, and believe that he did send his son Jesus for us so that we might be free, so that we'll have everlasting life, we won't perish. And not just talking about in the afterlife, but even now. Because sometimes our pain, our pain of the past, the the trauma that we carry, it will take us out. We begin to deteriorate, you know, spiritually. We begin to perish spiritually. But if we give it over to God and just accept him, his will for our life, then we can live a life of abundance. So every pain, everything that you've been harboring, Everything that you've been carrying, I want to encourage you to let it go tonight. I'm not saying you just get over it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying to let it go and give it to God. Release it. When I say let it go, I'm saying release it to God so he can carry your burdens and carry your pain so that you can feel lighter. You can become lighter and you're and you're free. I'm telling you, making the decision to heal is one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Was it easy? No, of course not. Anything that's worth fighting for is not going to be easy. My healing, my freedom, my deliverance, hey, it's worth fighting for. And, you know, I do it all the time because I like living in freedom and walking in freedom. And, you know, so, and, and I want my desires, desires for others to experience the same. And so if you're ready to release it, if you're ready to just allow God to have his way in your life, let's make that decision tonight. Pray to him tonight. Say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Won't you let him in? He's waiting on you to let him in so that he can free you, so that he can deliver you and heal you. He's standing at the door. He's waiting for you to receive him. So make tonight that night that you release everything that's holding you back from accepting him to have his way in your life.
and we're going to pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this moment and this opportunity to call on your name. And, Father, we come to you asking you to remove everything that is not of you. And, God, we ask that you just fill our hearts with your spirit. Oh, God, we ask for your forgiveness. Anything that we've said, anything that we've done that may have gone against your will, that may have not been pleasing to you, God, we ask that you forgive us. God, we repent of all of our wrongdoings. And, God, we cast everything at your feet. We release every heartache. We release the pain. We release the pain of our past. We release every traumatic experience, traumatic experience that's been holding us back to get closer to you. Release it all to you. And, God, we, we receive your deliverance. We receive your freedom. We receive your healing. Because, Lord, we know that even those strikes that were for all diseases and all sicknesses, it is also for our spiritual healing, our mental healing, and our emotional healing. So, God, we receive it tonight. And, God, we ask that you continue to allow us to grow stronger, stronger in you. Oh, God, we know and we recognize that we cannot make it without you. But we know that with you we can do all things, and there is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing that is impossible when it comes to you. And so, God, we believe in, in your healing. We're believing in your deliverance. We, deliver, we believe in, in everything, your freedom that you have for us. And, God, I pray for everyone who is listening who may be experienced any pain of the past, whether it's traumatic, whether it's physical, mentally, emotional, whatever it may be, God, I pray that you deliver your people. Oh, God, I ask you to direct them even to the right people, those who are seeking therapy, those who are seeking counseling. God, I ask that you direct them in the right direction. God, we pray for those who are just sick, those who are mourning the loss of loved ones, comfort only like you can. Oh, God, we thank you for what you have done for us thus far, and we praise you in advance for what you're doing even right now and the things to come. We thank you in advance for the healing. We thank you in advance for the deliverance. We thank you in advance for the freedom because we recognize who you are and what you are capable of doing. God, we, we honor you and we love you because you first loved us. God, we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for us. God, we thank you for your saving power. We thank you for your deliverance power. And God, we'll forever give your name all the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, so at this time, we're going to turn it over to Brother Rob for our Purpose Kingdom announcements. All right, all right. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Real quickly, uh, this is a product of Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Uh, we especially thank those that share with your friends and family members, let them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Okay, uh, if anybody is in need of a Bible, you can contact us via email at purposekingdomnet at gmail.com where you can see your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request and gladly honor that. And if those that are in need of a Bible, just leave your contact information, and we'll see if I'll get you a Bible. If you're in uh, the mood for inspirational music, 
please check out PKN.com where you can hear 24 hours of music inspiration and praise. All right. And um, tomorrow evening, be joining us here at the 9 p.m. hour, and we're going to have It's Your Story, So Tell It, and that's hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. Okay. Once again, with God's going to bless them. We hope you join us tomorrow evening for It's Your Story, So Tell It, and that's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. Okay. With that being said, uh, this is the end of the announcements. And I'm going to turn the show back over to Mr. Colvin. And Mr. Colvin, excellent show tonight. All right. Thanks, Brother Ross. All right. So just a quick recap. Um, you know, I know I couldn't cover everything when it comes to sexual assault in the black community, but I will give out those resources again. And like I said, I'll post them on the One Touch Transformation page. You can find out more information about the organization on Facebook. I'll just type in One Touch Transformation. And so, you know, tonight we just had a, you know, simple conversation about how sexual assault is, you know, plaguing the black community simply because we don't have the conversation. So one thing that we can take away, what I encourage you or what I challenge you to do is start the conversation. Don't just start it, but continue it as well. So start the conversation and continue the conversation. Be purposeful with it. Be intentional about it. And it doesn't have to be anything long and drawn out, but it's just as simple as making it a part of your conversation, especially when it comes to our youth. Um, Those of you who work with the youth in the church, this would be a a really great start, you know. Talk with your pastor, talk with your leaders, and figure out how, you know, everyone can come together so that we can protect our children first, right? After we, you know, after you have that conversation and start with the children, then make it an open forum with your congregation. I guarantee, I guarantee there's someone in the congregation who has experienced it, even though they may not say anything about it, but at least they know that it's something that we recognize that it has happened. A lot of times we don't hear about it, so we assume that it's not going on or it has not happened to anyone in our congregation, but I guarantee it has. According to the stats, remember, it has happened to someone in your congregation. So, again, those are some some challenges. So, again, if you work with the youth in your organization or in your church, start there. You can find rape crisis centers who are willing to come out and share what they do in the community, because I know the church may not have all of the answers, but there's someone out there who does. If Look, if you need help finding the crisis center in your home, you can contact me. I will help you <laughs> because I really want this to become a conversation that is sparked in our in our congregation. So if you need any help setting something up, look, contact me. You can find me on Facebook, but... You know, don't send me no spam or anything. (laughs) But seriously, if you need help or would like to even, you know, figure out how to start this, I'd be willing to even help you. I don't care where you are. We can. That's what technology is for. And so, start there. I challenge you to start there with your youth groups and any youth organizations. And then again, making an open forum. And the reason why, um, you know, stressing this because this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday in Hartsville, South Carolina, we are having an open forum. Spark the Conversation is the name of it. Spark the Conversation is going to be a free open forum, and we are discussing sexual assault issues that plague our community and how we as the church 
can support victims and their families. So we are inviting the um, PD Coalition, which is one of the rape crisis centers in Hartsville. They're going to come out and let us know the part that they play in the community. So those of you who are nearby, I know this is in South Carolina, but if you know someone who might can benefit from this forum and they live nearby, hey, let them know this is what's going on. It's this Saturday, February the 17th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. This is open to any leader within the community, especially in our church communities. Brunch will be served at 12 p.m., so it's going to start at 11. Our presentations will take place from 11 to 12. We'll have brunch at 12, and then we'll break into some small group discussions just for about 30 minutes from 1230 to 1. So we are sparking the conversation together as a community, as a church community. And so, again, this is an open forum, open forum, not just for ministry leaders, which it's important that ministry leaders are there, but also community members, anyone who's in the area. So, again, that's this Saturday in Hartsville at Hartsville Church of God. The address is 704 Lakeview Boulevard. And this is taking place this Saturday in Hartsville, South Carolina at Hartsville Church of God. I'm so excited about because it's happening at a church. It's happening at a church. And I, and I will say this. Ever since I've started the organization, I can count on my hands how many churches have been willing to have this conversation at their church. And it's been about one, two, three, and this makes the fourth one. In the past 10 years, only four churches. So that says a lot. That says a lot. I mean, hey, what can I say? It, it's No one wants to talk about it. But in the past 10 years, if I'm not mistaken, this is only church number four who has been willing to have this open forum and an open discussion about sexual assault and how we can help our church and our community. And I'll never forget this. Uh, a few years ago, I even posted, like, I wanted to get a group of pastors together so that we can start doing, you know, having this conversation. Eight pastors and ministers confirmed, but only two showed up when it was time for the meeting. So, again, that says a lot about our churches. Like, to me, it says that you don't care. <laughs> I don't care how you try to fix it up, but to me, it feels like, to me, I'm just saying that, to me, it, I, I feel like the church as a whole does not care. And so we've got to change it. We've got to change this for our our, our future, for our children, for our congregation who are still hurting who needs healing. So if if no one else does anything, then, hey, we've got to step up, even as a Christian. It's our duty. We've got to help our sisters and our brother. So, again, those are my challenges, and I hope that someone is down for the cause and ready to take on the challenge. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode with Purpose Kingdom. I've been your host, Arthenius Colvin, with One Touch Transformation. I hope you have a wonderful night. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. Baby, I will not lose.